we pray that you would hear our words and that you would make them true in our lives, that we would lay everything down for you, our King, our Lord, our Savior, God, our friend, our Father, we love you, we praise you, all of these songs are for you, pray that you would hear our hearts, that you would be greatly glorified here this morning. welcome you here to Grace Church. It is all about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the answer to everything. We praise Him here this morning. If you're our guest, we just invite you as we continue to sing. You can fill out a little card you see in the seat in front of you. It's just our way. It's so important we would talk about it during the music. It's our way of getting to know you a little bit.
here in this room this morning that just doesn't know you yet and they've come maybe on the invitation of a friend pray that you would open their eyes God soften all of our hearts help us to see how good you are and help us to know that you love us and that you made a way to live forever with you pray that people would meet Jesus even for the first time here this morning We pray most of all that you would be greatly glorified and that your will would be done here. We love you. In Jesus' name. Why don't you guys uh, turn to someone next to you. Guys, if you have questions about Jesus, what we're singing about, why we're doing it, please come and talk to me. Come talk to one of our pastors. Talk to the person who brought you. Don't leave this place not knowing why in the world we would do this. We'd love to tell you about it. Why don't you turn to one another and just say, um, I wouldn't lie to you. Would I lie to you? I wouldn't lie to you. As we think about lip sync and telling the truth, tell someone you would never lie to them. Would I lie to you?
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week two of the Grace Church Lip Sync Battle! Somehow we survived last week. I don't really know how we made it through that, but we did. This is the phenomenon sweeping the church. It's the viral event causing people to cut their eyeballs out when they view it on Facebook. It's the fun that has everyone asking, can they do that in church, really? It's the only reason I'm Too Sexy should ever be played in church, or anywhere for that matter. Was that fantastic last week or what? Man, our two contestants last week, they lip-synced their hearts out and their hats off, and oddly enough, Bob lip-synced his shirt off. Man, that, w- that, that was really scary. That almost happened last week. Um, man, Reeland's performance of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, any other week would have won him the competition. But when you go up against a 68-year-old who is booty-shaking and trying to take his shirt off to I'm Too Sexy, there's no way he stood a chance. Let's give one more round of applause for last week's contestants. And now, introducing the suckers who said yes to performing this week for your laughter, for your entertainment, and for your mockery. Seriously, have you guys ever wondered how does Justin get people to volunteer for this? Hailing from right here in Durango, Colorado, he's a teddy bear, not a terrorist. He's got a beard that makes small children cry. He's not a teen, but he's hairy like a wolf. He sings so bad, his wife makes him lip sync in the shower. Mr. Sean Farrell! Sean, we're looking forward to a good competition today. Really looking forward to your song and your presentation. And introducing our challenger this morning, coming to you from the great state of Texas. Do we have any Texans here this morning? Let's hear it for you Texans. She's a Cowboys fan, so she's already a loser and has nothing left to lose today. She helps lead worship, but today might lead you to regret coming to church. If lips can kill, you'll soon be dead. She's the woman who has no shame, Becky Stendridge! I I think when I married you, you had that hair. (laughs) It actually looks really good. (laughs) I kind of like it. Uh, This is my wife, for those of you who don't know. Um, I don't flirt with random women in the church. Um, (laughs) Lip syncers, come over Wow. Uh, Come over here and step right up here. Face off, look at each other. Lip syncers, you know the rules. We did this last week. We want a clean lip sync battle. There will be no inappropriate gestures, no actual singing of any kind, no lip syncing, no lip syncing of any off-color lyrics. Please, let's not have any wardrobe malfunctions like last week. Justin's already kind of on thin ice for that one. His dad's shenanigans last week almost earned him some serious church discipline. Becky, you're going to go first. Sean, since it's beauty before beard, you're going to go second. 
crowd, you're going to cheer them on again this week, right? And when it's your turn, go ahead and step up to the microphone and lip sync your life away. It is Beauty versus the Beard. Take it away, Becky. Good job. Very good. Nicely done. Do you have any last words for Mr. Farrell? Don't spit in my eye, man. All right, Sean. That was a good mashup, man. It's going to be tough to top that. Do you think you can top that? Let's see what happens.
contestants. Clearly, this is the week of mashups. There's good mashups, big hair, and pop songs. If you feel like a Becky Standridge was the winner, give it up for Becky! Miss Headbanger, and if you feel like Mr. Sean, the pop star, was the winner, give it up for Sean! Woo! I think we have a winner, Mr. Sean Farrell! All right, everybody. Thanks for having fun with us this morning. Now the fun's over. Pastor Justin, come on up. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You know what's really funny is Sean actually listens to that music. He, he had those headphones on the other day, and I kind of took them, and he was listening to Eye of the Tiger and all that stuff. So he's just pretending this morning. Once again, how do in the world do we follow an act like that? That was good times right there. Um, I think we should start out just by praying. And let me just say, I am banking on the fact, when I have to stand before God and give an answer for all this shenanigans, I'm banking on the fact that He has a sense of humor, all right? I'm banking on that. So let me go to the Lord in prayer this morning, and we're going to get into the message. Father God, thank You so much for Grace Church. I love this church. And I'm thankful that... uh, Man, we can let our hair down a little bit for those of us that have hair. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would bless this morning as we get into your word and as we talk about the topic of speaking the truth in love. I just pray that it would be greatly impacting and encouraging and beneficial to everyone that's here this morning. And uh, we'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we are in part two of a four-week series called Lip Sync. Are you faking it? (laughs) If you were wondering what that is on my forehead, you'll just have to find out when you ask me. If you've heard of Scope Kiss, it's pretty embarrassing. So we're focusing in on transparency, one of the core values here at Grace Church. And uh, it's about being real with God. It's about being real with others. It's about being real with yourself. And so, of course, we thought, man, let's have a little fun with this. Honestly, I think sometimes we as a church, sometimes we as a people, we take ourselves too seriously. And I said this last week. um, We at Grace Church, one of the common sayings around here is we don't take ourselves serious really at all, but we take God very seriously. And so we thought, let's have some fun. Uh, Man, let's just try to uh, really enjoy ourselves when we come to church and, and, and have a good time. And so we said, let's do some lip sync battles. And we did. And it was fantastic, obviously. Let's give him a hand again, huh? Let's do that. I thought it was good. Or for some here this morning, it was mentally scarring, depending on how religious you are. So the battle next week is uh, just a little heads up. The battle next week is between Justin Osborne, all right, Justin Osborne, and my wife, Tricia. It's going to be awesome. And uh, by the way... Why is it the two contestants that I'm most worried about what they were going to do was my dad and my wife, all right? I'm nervous. Um, Starting February 8th, uh, Pastor Chris is going to be preaching a four-week series called Advance, um, and he's going to be focusing in on the first movement of the first church in the book of Acts. And then starting March 8th, I'll be doing a series through the book of Esther, and it's going to be an amazing year, church, with a lot of powerful messages. And I'm, I'm excited to see how God is going to speak to you as a church and how he's going to speak to you as individuals. So 
Uh, today, we are talking about speaking the truth in love. We're talking about truth-telling. And you know, all of us desire relationships where we can be completely honest, where we can be open, where we can be vulnerable. We all desire relationships where we can share failures as well as, as successes. We desire to be a part of relationships where we can have shortcomings, right, as well as strengths and still be accepted, still be included. Relationships where we can reveal our doubts and our fears, where we can find empathy and confidentiality. These intimate, authentic relationships are exactly what God has in mind for us. He created us. He created you for relationship. And He wants us to experience relationships at their very best. Over the years, I've had people tell me that they didn't need such relationships. I've had people tell me, I can do this on my own. I don't need it. I don't need you. I don't need the church. I don't need people. They said they could do it on their own, but you know, time has proven that their arguments were not very convincing. Their overdone swagger or their bravado always struck me as a poor cover-up for the disappointments that they've experienced in building good relationships. You know, all of us long for deep, genuine relationships marked by integrity and open communication. But let me ask, church, how, how often do we experience these type of relationships? These types of marriages? These types of friendships? Occasionally? Once in a lifetime? Never? I've heard many stories of relationships that were marred scarred, that were deeply wounded by hidden hostilities, by resentments, by unspoken hurts. You know, a number of factors contribute to this, but I believe the biggest problem that has too often ruined most relationships is we violate the basic requirement of authentic relationships, and that is the requirement of honesty. We need to be known as people who speak the truth. People who speak the truth in love. Learning how to speak the truth is the basis for a healthy, genuine relationship. Truth-telling, it has to happen in your relationship with God. It has to happen in your relationship with others. And sometimes, most importantly, it has to happen, and it has to begin with yourself. The sad reality is for many Simply speaking the truth is a very difficult task because we so easily deceive ourselves. We, we reason or we con- convince ourselves that telling the truth in, in a particular situation isn't going to work. We think to ourselves, you know, telling the truth in this situation is going to bring more harm than good. Some of us, we think that truth-telling is a good theory But you know, if if I told my boss, he would blow up. If I told my husband, he'd withdraw even more. If I told my parents, they would be so disappointed in me. If I told my wife that I was sexually frustrated in our marriage, she'd accuse me of having a one-track mind. It it would make the situation worse. You see, what happens is we... We reason or we deceive ourselves into speaking lies. 
we lie and we deceive ourselves from speaking the truth in love. So what happens is we continue to put up with it. We bury it. Or we fake it with a smiling face and we pretend that everything is okay. Which always results in pushing the pain off to the future where it grows and it always gets worse. You know, few of us, very few of us, we all agree, we, few of us debate the biblical position of truth-telling. We, we agree in theory that honesty is the best policy. We'll say, man, honesty is the key to authentic relationships. But you know, in those awkward moments when we stand face-to-face with someone knowing that they may not readily receive the truth, knowing that the truth is going to hurt their feelings, knowing that the truth may be offensive, truth-telling all of a sudden doesn't sound like such a great idea. In Ephesians chapter 4, feel free to turn there if you'd like, Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And the Apostle Paul has some very important things to say to us when it comes to speaking the truth, especially speaking the truth in love. So I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, we're going to start reading in verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. By the way, let me just say something. Your your personal spiritual growth is a community project. And I'm speaking of the church community. I I don't know how, how clearly I can say this, but you cannot do it on your own. You can't. It's a community project. And that's why He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers. It's to equip you. It's to help you to grow up. It takes a strong church community for you to grow up and to mature as a man, as a woman, into the fullness of Christ. And all of what we do at Grace Church is in the effort to grow us up. And Paul continues, so that, okay, you're growing up so that we may no longer be children. Right? It's okay to act like a baby when you're a baby. But when you're 25 and you're still acting like a baby, it's time to grow up. That's what Paul's saying. It's the same thing spiritually. If you're You know, you've been a Christian for many years and you're still a baby? Something's amiss. Something's wrong. All this is in the effort to grow us up so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. This is how we grow up, church. We are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Even each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Look at verse 25 in the same chapter. He goes on to say, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members 
one of another. Again, I have to say, it's a community project, your spiritual growth. So speaking the truth, especially speaking the truth in love, is a, man, it's a fine art. When it comes to speaking the truth in love, I believe many of us err in one of two ways. Many of us err on the side of not speaking the truth at all. We don't speak the truth at all because we don't want to be offensive. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to butt into their business. We don't want to be rude. We don't want people to think ill of us. So we oftentimes, we we don't tell the full truth. You know what I mean? Maybe aspects of the truth. Maybe we'll dance around the truth. But we won't tell the full truth. Others of us, however, we err on the side of truth without love. The truth may come out, but it's in the form of anger. It's in the form of bitterness, hostility, resentment, vengeance. Vengeance through words. Words, for some of us, they're weapons. We use our words as weapons to destroy, to disrespect, to cut people down to our level, frankly. The difficulty, first of all, is being honest enough with yourself to realize which way you err. Are you the one who's speaking love without truth because you don't want to offend anyone? Or are you the one who is all about speaking the truth but without love? And when you recognize which way you lean, we then have to be willing to humbly repent, church. We have to be willing to learn. We have to be willing to grow. We have to be willing to change. You know, for me personally, with some people, I've erred on the side of speaking too lovingly. Sometimes I, I haven't spoken the full truth because I was, I was afraid. I was afraid of hurting their feelings. I was afraid it was going to change the relationship. I was afraid of, of you know, oh, gosh, I might lose this friendship. And so I would dance around the truth. I was afraid to talk about sin and error or rebellion in a person's life. There was times where I would use flattery. Have you done this? I would say kind things only to get that individual on my side, to get that individual to do what I wanted them to do. With others, I've been brutally honest completely frank, entirely forthcoming. But I wasn't very tender. I, I wasn't very affectionate. I, my, my tone was really harsh. I wasn't patient. I wasn't merciful. And I wasn't gracious and kind as God is with me. So, so church, as we talk about this topic, this topic of speaking the truth in love, this topic of truth-telling, I do think there is a continual balance of truth and love. And I don't think any person has ever walked out that path in perfection other than Jesus Christ. Okay, Because we all have varying degrees of learning and maturing. And I believe the danger comes when we deceive ourselves by saying, you know, this is just the way I am. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. 
Disaster strikes when we're unwilling to change. I'm speaking to those of you who are just full of pride and you think you're right where you need to be and you've got to figure it out. No, life is about change. It's about allowing God to form us and to shape us. If you're unwilling to change, you're stuck. But when we choose to humble ourselves, when we choose to learn, when we choose to change, when we strive to be consistent, we strive to be perfectly honest and, and perfectly loving in as much as we are able, great fruit, church, great results will be had. The lives of your family, the lives of your friends, even perfect strangers will greatly benefit from your attempts at speaking the truth in love. It's a a difficult task. It's a high call. It's an extremely difficult task to speak the truth in a loving way. So, So why are we talking about this today? Like, why is this such an important topic? Why would we take a whole Sunday to talk about this? And I want the Bible to answer these questions. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Your, Your words can bring death. Your words can bring life. Proverbs 12.19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. James 3, verses 7 and 8 says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Can I just admit for all of us that it's a fight for all of us? Can we just agree on that? That, man, I, I struggle saying the right things in the right tone. I, I struggle with speaking the truth in love. Can you just admit that with me with just nodding your head? Would that help me out? Thank you. Man, it's a fight for all of us, church. We all have varying degrees of learning and maturing when it comes to speaking the truth in love. I want to encourage you, don't give up. Okay, don't give up. Keep striving, keep learning, keep growing. Allow God to continue to knock off the rough edges. Allow God to continue to shape you and to form you. I could read many more verses about the importance of our words, but let me read one more that I I think should be a prayer of all of us. It's Psalm 141 in verse 3. And the psalmist says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And I think that should be our prayer. Remember, our words can bring death. Our words can bring life. The Apostle Paul told the church in Ephesus to speak the truth in love. He said, don't bear false witness. He said to lay aside falsehood. He said to speak the truth to one another. And these are such important truths. But, but let me say something at this point in the message that I believe is so, so very basic, but yet it is so very powerful. 
if, if you don't have clarity in, in a certain situation on how to speak the truth in love, sometimes it's better to say nothing. You know the old saying, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Church, let me be transparent with you. If if you could watch a, a summary video of Justin's life, you would come to the conclusion that this man is not very good at silence. Because I always have plenty to say, and many times I stick my foot in my mouth. It's honestly a, it's a huge spiritual battle for me. To be even more frank, it's a very short path from my brain to my mouth. Very short. Proverbs 10.19 says, When words are many, sin is not absent. Ouch. Serving the kingdom of God, serving Jesus with my words, is not just crafting a great sermon, but it's also knowing when not to speak. You don't have to be the one talking all the time. It's about growing in the maturity of silence. It's knowing when to speak and when not to speak. And let me just suggest a very practical step that we can all take in winning the war on the words that are coming out of our mouth is being committed to actually speaking less. The Scripture says, let your words be few. Gosh, it makes sense, doesn't it? The more words I speak, the more I'm I'm just letting them spew out of my mouth, the more opportunity I give sin, the more opportunity I give my sin nature to have room in those words, to just destroy people, to cause harm. It it just makes sense. The less I speak kind of correlates with the less I sin. The more I speak, the more I sin. Many words is often attached to pride. Many words is often attached to self-righteousness. For example, I'm afraid this conversation isn't going to go where I want it to go. Or I'm afraid I, I won't get what I need. I'm afraid people won't think of me what I want them to think of me. And so we talk and we talk and we talk some more because we're trying to control the situation. We're trying to control what people think of us. So we're always trying to control the conversation out of fear. You know, all of these self-focused purposes are what produce the massive amount of words coming out of our mouth. But let me just give a little contrast picture. Think of, in contrast... Think about where faith takes me. My marriage, you know, my friendships, this this job interview that I'm about to walk into, it's all in God's hands. That's where faith takes you. God is my Father. He knows exactly what I need. I can I can rest in His care. I don't, have to, I don't have to parade my reputation in your presence. I don't have to market my needs before you. Because I mean, all those things are in the hands of God. 
That's where faith takes you. That's where it leads you. You can just rest knowing that He knows exactly what you need. Exactly when you need it. I can rest because God has all of what I need in His hands and His care. And now, church, now I can look for opportunities not to advance all that needy, anxious stuff that makes me speak a lot because I've entrusted that to God, but but now I can choose to speak to areas that are really important to God and areas that advance His purposes. I can be wiser with the words that are coming out of my mouth. You know, often in our effort to build solid, authentic relationships, we take shortcuts. Instead of telling the truth, we'll, we'll try other methods of communication. So kind of travel with me. And, and How many of these have you done? Okay, How many of these have you recognized in your life? How about the hint dropper? Okay? You're the one who wants true community. You want authentic relationships. But you try to build it with carefully placed hints. Right? You're just dropping hints. You're dropping statements that make your point without ever really speaking the truth. What about the manipulator? You're the one who can't look people in the eyes. You can't speak the truth. Instead, you nag or you pressure others in an effort to get people to do what you want them to do. You, you like manipulating people. You like manipulating situations. What about the guilt tripper? You use phrases like, after all I've done for you. Or, if you really cared about me, you would do this or you would do that. You know, rather than seeking real community... You settle for getting your own way through coercion. Are you the intimidator? Right, fellas? You use pressure tactics. You use your temper. You throw tantrums just like a big baby. And occasionally you will even use threats. You may get your way using this method but you'll never have real authenticity. Once again, church, communicating the truth, the real truth and nothing but the truth, is a high calling and it's a very difficult task. Remember, sin is the problem. We are bent to lie. We're bent to manipulate, to intimidate, to guilt trip our way to getting what we want. But Jesus, Paul, Solomon, the psalmist David, many other authors in the Bible call us to a different path. They call us to a path of truth. It's a difficult path. But the results far outweigh the path of our flesh. The blessings that come will last for eternity. I want to I end this message by giving some practical considerations. When, when it comes to truth-telling, these are some things that I personally think that they're good to remember. You can take them or leave, leave them, okay? These aren't in the Bible. These are just some practical things to think about in our day and age. So, so first of all, when it comes to speaking the truth in love, 
I believe it's important for us to remember, and especially when there's conflict in a relationship, it's important to remember that email, social media, Facebook, tweet, is that what you call it, tweets? I think so. Twitter tweets. Twitter tells you how technology, yeah, okay, I'm going to shut up now. I'm sounding really dumb. Texting. Okay, all those methods never work. Okay, especially when it comes to conflict in a relationship. Using social media to work out a problem, I'm going to be blunt, I believe is the act of a coward. I believe many people do this to avoid the difficult eye-to-eye, face-to-face conversations. It removes the fact that you're actually dealing with another person, another human being. Because if I type an email, I don't have to look you in the eye. If I type an email, it, it removes that obstacle of you. And I can say things through typing that I would never say to you in person. Man, some people are so bold behind their computer screens. Using social media, it often drags out the conflict way longer than it should be. Using social media, texting, emailing, it can be easily misinterpreted, and and then it causes new conflicts. And by using social media, you've now involved hundreds of people in your business that have no business being in your business. Are you with me? That's that's a bad idea. Number two, these are just suggestions. Don't get all hurt. When it comes to conflict in a relationship, identify the real obstacle. Like, what is the real problem here? So before you just blurt out and unedited, like, hey, buddy, I've got a problem with you, take time to determine the real issues. Is it hurt feelings? Are you dealing with just a history of dishonesty? Do you feel neglected? Do you feel misunderstood? Here's a good question. Have you prayed about it? So my suggestion would be to organize your thoughts before you get yourself into trouble with many words. Number three, I would highly suggest that you arrange to meet with the person face-to-face as soon as possible. Matthew 18.15 tells us to go to the person when we have an an offense with someone, to go to them, to try to work it out. And and let me just give a little quick side note, a quick disclaimer to that verse because it's been widely abused. You have to use wisdom, okay? For example, if if you're in a physically abusive relationship, don't try to meet one-on-one with the abuser, okay? That's not wise. That's not what Matthew 18.15 is telling us. Okay, if you're in an abusive relationship, you've got to pull the fire alarm, all right? You've got to get everyone involved. Get your pastor involved, call the police, do what you have to do, but don't meet with them face to face. Matthew 18, 15 is not talking about physically abusive relationships. It's talking about the daily offenses that can happen in relationships. Number four, affirm the relationship before you just dive into all the problems, right? You're meeting because you want to work it out. You're meeting because you want to mend the relationship. That's the whole purpose of meeting. So affirm them. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them how much you care about them. Tell them how frustrated you are that this problem could could possibly hurt the relationship. 
Don't just dive into the problems. Man, affirm them uh, first. Number five, email, social media, texting. It never works. Did I talk about this already? I don't know. All right, we got that. Number six, uh, I think it's really important to make observations rather than accusations. So if you don't get anything else in this message, please get this. Love, when you really love someone, it always assumes the best about that individual. Always. We have a tendency, I, I think we have a tendency to do what animals do when they're attacked. We strike back. So let's not be quick to anger, okay? Something offends you, don't start throwing punches right away. Instead, man, just try something different. You say things like, I know you probably didn't intend to hurt me, but what you said hurt me. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about this? I'm sensing there's a change in our relationship. Do you agree? You know, make, make observations instead of accusations. Responding in ways like this instead of anger, it opens up the possibility for dialogue to happen which can lead to true community and authentic relationships. And lastly, number seven. And I highly encourage you, as a practical consideration, not to go public with a problem when you haven't even attempted to talk in private about it. Too often people, man, they take their conflicts online when they've never even attempted to handle them in a private way. And this, this goes directly against what Jesus actually said in Matthew 18.15. Jesus said, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him. Say it with me. Alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. That's the first step, church, to dealing with conflict. And people are far too quick these days to read or to hear something that someone says and they automatically fire off a tweet, right? That's what you call it. Or a post on Facebook without even attempting to have a conversation with the person they assume got it wrong. Jumping to conclusions, making accusations, speaking without thinking have caused more damage to relationships than any other thing. Most relationships would be stronger if we would commit to go to the person when we're offended. And our relationships would be much stronger if we'd make the commitment to speak the truth in love. Man, I love, I love the leadership of our church. I love the men and the women that are helping to lead the charge here. One of the things I love most of all is when someone comes to them and they say something about me, someone comes to me and they, you're saying something about them, we've made it a practice to say, you know what? You don't like Pastor Chris? Let's go talk to him. And I've found that 99.9% of the time, they're usually like, oh, never mind, never mind. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. If we would just go to people, isn't it so basic? If we would just go to people when we're offended and try to work it out, talk it out. And yes, there's going to be those times it doesn't work out. But you know what? 
I think the majority of the time it is going to work out. You're offended? Go to the one who's offended you and try to make the relationship. Try to mend it. Try to work it out. So let me ask you, what can you do this week? What can you do? I know, gosh, because I've, I've sat where you're sitting sometimes, and I'm like, gosh, this is a great message for Susie. I'm ho- I hope she's listening. Are you listening? Let me just ask you, what can you do? Not the person sitting next to you or the one in the back corner that you're offended with. What can you do personally, you What can you do to change unhealthy communication patterns in your life? You struggle with gossiping? What what can you do different? Just practice being silent more often. You know, what can you do personally to change? In church, this is huge because, once again, words bring life and words can bring death. Literally, words can bring death. So make the effort this week to speak the truth in love. That's my challenge to you. Make the effort to speak the truth in love. And and let me give you a huge hint and a quick reminder. It's impossible to be truth tellers apart from Jesus Christ. I have to end that way. The only way we can walk in victory, the only way we can defeat and tame the tongue is through the power of Jesus Christ. We read the verse that said, No man can tame the tongue But we also have a verse that says, through Christ we can do all things. Okay? We can tame the tongue through the power of Jesus Christ. The band, if you guys would, the band is going to make their way up. And they're going to lead us in a great song. The name of the song is, Lord, I Need You. And I just, man, I thought it would be a great way to end the sermon this morning because we need Him desperately. That's the only way. It's through Jesus Christ we need Him. So let me close in prayer. And I just encourage you, church, let's sing out in worship to our Lord as we end with this song this morning. Let me pray. Oh God, we desperately, desperately need you. And without you, we fall apart. In you, Jesus, we find rest. In you, we find hope. And in you, we find grace, peace. And like the psalmist said in Psalm 141, verse 3, I pray, Father God, that you would set a guard, oh Lord, over our mouths. Keep watch over the door of our lips. May we be known, may we be known as a people who speak the truth in love. Gosh, I pray that we would be known for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand and sing out with us this morning, okay? Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart, Lord, I need you, oh, I
righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Rare grace is found, is where you are. And where you For worshiping with us. Go ahead and be seated for just a few more minutes. I've got a few announcements, uh, updates that I want to give to you, but while I'm doing those, I want to invite 
all of our elders and our elders' wives up to the stage, if I could. You guys, go ahead and make your way on up here. We have a very special presentation here in just a few minutes after these announcements. Come on up to the stage, on up here. Um, uh, just want to let you know about a few different things. Uh, first thing, our next Discovering Grace class is going to be on March 22nd. We've got a lot of people that have been visiting here at Grace Church, and you might have questions about next steps. You might have questions about commitment. And if you are interested at, in membership at Grace Church, even after all these lips battles. Um, you're the kind of people that we're looking for here, Grace. Uh, but if you're interested in membership at Grace Church or, or knowing a little bit more about our ministry here, uh, you'll want to register for that event. You can register um, either online at gracechurchdurango.com or next week we will have a sign-up sheet in the lobby at the Welcome Center. So that's going to be on March 22nd. If you're looking for information on that, please go to our website and uh, there's all kinds of information that you can find out. Um, also, uh, sign up today. There's a booth back there next to the Welcome Center in the lobby uh, for our, our very first uh, Grace Church winter family retreat. Uh, this is called Snow Day. It's going to be a time of celebration. We're inviting all families to come and be a part of this. It's going to be from February 20th to the 21st at Cascade Lodge. We're going to have sledding, snowshoeing, snowmobiling. There's going to be skits. There's going to be teaching times. So it should be a really good time of relaxation, refreshment, just time to get together with other families from Grace Church. If you have any questions about that, please go to the booth at the end of the service um, and ask Brooke. She'll be back there and she can answer any kind of questions that you might have. It costs $12 per person. So it's super cheap. It's a really good time for you to spend with your family over this weekend. That's going to be from February 20th through the 21st. There are limited spaces for this event because the lodge is only so big. So if you know you want to go, get signed up today in the lobby. Also, February 15th, this is coming up very quickly. We're having a baby dedication uh, during our worship service. This is a chance, parents, if you've got um, young children or babies or infants, uh, this is a really good chance for you to just kind of show them off and, and, and a way for you to, in front of the whole church body, commit to parenting your child um, to, to grow up and follow the Lord and serve the Lord. So if you have a baby or a young child that you've never dedicated to the Lord, uh, this is a great chance for you to do that. We have a sign-up sheet or a registration sheet at the Welcome Center this morning. So please sign up for that. Um, and we're going to have a photo shoot. We sh it should be a really special morning uh, for those of you parents who decide to participate in this. We want to make it really special for you. So sign up for that today at the Welcome Center. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, I want to ask Pastor Justin to step forward. He's got a special presentation that he's going to take from here. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, <clears throat> I just want to start out by saying this is not all of our elders and their wives. We have some that are serving downstairs. I um, just wanted you to know that. But just it's an honor and a privilege this morning. We are actually going to ask a couple to step up in the ministries of Grace Church and serve as an elder. And uh, this morning we're going to take time to pray over them and to just install them as uh, an elder here at Grace Church. And biblically that's what we were called to do. Because if it's all dependent upon me and Chris, Keith, you are the ones that are most going to be miserable for that. Um, we need um, other great men and women of God to help us. And, and the whole motivation behind that is to take very good care of you, God's people. We don't want people slipping through the cracks. We want people to be taken care of. We want to help you to get in, to meet Jesus Christ. We want you to grow up. And we want you to get healthy to the point where you can go out and make a huge difference in this world for the kingdom of God. And um, so without further ado, I'm... It's my honor, my privilege, other cool words like that. I'm going to ask Stephen and Tiffany McNeese if you guys would come up. And, 
if you guys would just stand right here in the middle, and I just I, I want to say a couple things. Um, like Stephen and Tiffany both have proven themselves. I, I just want you to know, as a church, like this wasn't an idea last night. Like, hey, let's bring the McNeeses up and make them elders. Like, man, this has been a long time coming. We have been um, watching them, observing them, and they have just been involved serving in the ministries of Grace Church, and they've proven themselves to be faithful. They meet the biblical qualifications to be an elder. And um, just for example, you know, uh, Africa. Uh, Stephen was part of the team that went to Africa, and um, he uh, um, just did a great job and and served very well. Uh, Stephen and Tiffany both had the guts, if you remember, to share their personal testimonies to the church congregation, which really ignited a revolution of transparency in our church. And it was due to their their boldness to, to, to uh, share their life story with you. Um, Stephen has actually been attending the leadership meetings for the past two months. And, and Stephen and I, we meet um, every week, and we've been doing that, I believe, for like the last year, year and a half. And, um, man, just have developed a really close friendship with him. But, gosh, he has challenged me in my personal walk with Jesus Christ in tremendous ways. And, and to be very frank, church, we're just trying to lead by example it's like, I am so screwed up. I need to meet with him every week, man. And you need that. Honestly, you need that too. You need accountability. You need someone that you can, uh, man, that you can share those, those dark corners of your heart with. And if you don't have that, you're, you're missing out. You're struggling. Um, I can already say that. And so we're, we're just trying to lead by example. None of us, none of us are perfect up here. We're just striving. We're working to be more and more like Jesus Christ. So, um, uh, Trisha and I went to dinner last night with the McNeeses, and I, I asked Stephen and Tiffany, I said, if there was one thing that, that I could ask the church to pray for you guys about, you know, what would that be? And they said, man, just please ask them to pray for protection. And just, you know, you as a church to really just cover them with your prayers. And, and I want to follow that up with, would you please pray for us? Not just the McNeeses. Could you throw the Rosses in there and the Ets and, and the Standriches if you want to? And then the Elwines <laughs> and the Hansons, LaFrances. Man, we just covet your prayers. This is a spiritual battle, um, and it gets, it, frankly, it gets scary sometimes. So we, we just covet your prayers for protection. And um, without further ado, I'm going to ask uh, Keith to pray, and I'm going to lead in prayer. Keith, you're going to close out in prayer. But if we could all just lay hands on the McNeeses and um, bring them in as elders of Grace Church. Church, if you want to... Feel free to extend your hands out. Just pray with us, whatever you want to do. Father God, thank you so much um, for the McNeeses, and it, it really has been an honor to get to know this man. And um, I'm so thankful for his wife, Tiffany, and just the strength and the courage that she brings uh, to Stephen and that she's going to bring to this church. And I just pray, like they asked, Lord, that you would protect them um, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. I pray that you'd protect them financially. Um, And I just pray that you would use them in mighty, mighty ways, Lord, through the ministries of Grace Church. And I know they're already meeting with a ton of people and just doing a lot of ministry. I pray that they would say yes to the right things. Uh, I don't actually, not the right things, the God things. They would say yes to the God things and they would say no to the things that are just going to be distracting and and maybe not what you intend for them, Father. Um, I just I'm so thankful and honored to be working alongside the McNeese's in ministry. In Jesus' name.
God, we are thankful that there's another couple willing to jump into the fray with us, and I pray for their protection for sure. And just pray that as a team we will gel um, fantastically and that you would speak um, to your leadership here in this church. Um, to every one of us, God, we just pray that, that we would hear your voice, but especially uh, for Stephen and Tiffany as they step into this role, that they would stay close to you, that they would be listening for your voice, and that they would bring the things to the team that you need us to have and to the church that you want us to have and experience. And just pray that they would be ready to hear and eager to serve. And God, give them the strength for this role as they step into it. And and God, I pray for our whole church that you would bless us as we leave this place here this morning, that you would just set in motion um, whatever events need to happen so that we have just incredible conversations that could only happen because you orchestrated them that we would have a chance to share the hope that we have in you um, this week as we go out from this place, that you would um, have many chances to serve, um, to be your hands and feet in this world, that we would be a light uh, just pouring out from this building here this morning. And we thank you for the way that you've blessed, the way you provided, even on this leadership team. Um, Thank you for what you're doing in Grace Church, and I pray that we would further your mission and your cause here this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Guys, you're dismissed. Thanks for being here this morning. We will see you again next week.